0: Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now.
1: Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Star Style Be the Star You Are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. And this is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We are brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And I'm just a little sad today because I'm having um, issues with the wildlife, the coyotes and eagles, killing some of my barnyard animals, and I haven't been able to stop them uh, with fences and nets and all kinds of things. So... Um, my energy is a little bit lower because I've been on the, um, on the funeral trail and it really makes me sad, especially since my new book, um, No Barnyard Bullies, just came out and I'm doing a lot of things with the animals. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Wild Kingdom stepped up and decided they want, wanted uh, dinner, I guess, you know, <laughs> as Josh says, getting fattened up for, for the winter Uh, In any case, that isn't what I'm going to be talking about today. We are going to be talking about low literacy and voting in segment one because it's very difficult to understand a ballot, um, even when one's a proficient reader, because so many of the statements are written in a very confusing manner. But when a person has little or no literacy skills, knowledgeable voting is almost impossible. And everybody knows that gardening is terrific exercise for all parts of your body, but it can also be a dangerous activity. I found that out very well last week, and I'm going to share some tips on how to keep you safe while working in nature. And today is the drop day for the Star Style Community NFT. I'm not exactly sure what it means to have a drop day. They haven't given me all the details yet, but you can check out starstylecommunity.com. And if you haven't purchased your NFT yet, I just checked the website and it looks like the discounted price is still there. So if you're interested in getting it uh, at a discounted price, just go to starstylecommunity.com and go ahead and get it. And then I suppose sometime this evening we're going to find out what we all have purchased. They all are. There are five characters from the new book, No Barnyard Bullies, that are unique art pieces drawn by the illustrator Jensen Russell, and um, the uh, the characters will each be wearing different accessories, and it should be kind of fun. Then in segment three, we are will be discussing. How to have a no-waste kitchen. Uh, Sadly, over 40% of the food we buy ends up in landfills when the food is still completely edible. Now, nothing ends up in landfills from my house because everything goes to the barnyard where I have all the adopted animals, pigs, goats, chickens, ducks, geese, rabbits, the whole thing. But household waste, more food than restaurants, grocery stores, and other venues. So we'll uh, give an idea of how to plan your meals so that you waste not. Well, the miracle moment for today is brought to you by Be the Star You Are. Visit Be the Star You Are org. And this was from Buddha. With our thoughts, we make the world. With our thoughts, we make the world. So think about that. The world is in a terrible, terrible spot right now. I I it, I don't even want to look at the news. So horrible, negative, and bad, and all of that. So, we mustn't be thinking very, very many positive things. So, let's start, um, let's all start being very positive. Let's start thinking positive. Let's start saying positive words. And hopefully, maybe, uh, you know, if we all do that together, perhaps we would be able to change how the world is. I mean, maybe our thoughts really, really can. Um, change how the world looks. Now, according to the U.S. Code 10508, any voter who requires assistance to vote by reason of blindness, disability, or inability to read or write may be given assistance by a person of the voter's choice other than the voter's employer or agent of that employer, or officer, or agent of the voters' union. Those are the exact words. Yet, with redistricting and the numerous new state laws that are targeting people of color and other minorities, voting for people who struggle to read is truly challenging. According to pro-literacy, more than 35 million adults in the United States cannot read, write or do basic math above a third grade level, and an estimated 63 million adults only read between a sixth and a, and a seventh grade level. Children of those parents have a 72% chance of being at the lowest reading levels themselves. Parents are our first teachers, so it is really up to the parents to have to learn to read. Now, understanding a ballot is very difficult, Um, as I said, even if we are a proficient reader, because the statements are written in such a confusing manner. And it becomes totally impossible when a person has no literary, literary skills or very low literary skills. Now, some states have required those who need help to sign an affidavit explaining why they need assistance, Now, other states do not allow voters to bring sample ballots to the polls, and some states limit the number of voters a volunteer may assist. And even when federal courts strike down these restrictions, states have created more obstacles. Voter suppression is real, yet voting is a right of all Americans. The cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers has climbed to $250 billion. That's billion with a B, a year. So when someone can't read, they are excluded from innumerable activities that allow them to function as a human or to reach any level of success. And many are forced to live in poverty All we have to do is look at our prisons. Our prisons are filled with illiterate inmates. Now, the midterm elections are upon us, so I urge you to carefully read the sample ballots. And if you know someone who has difficulty reading, read the information to them. Although our young children cannot vote, reading to them daily is essential, Reading to kids early on can help to boost literacy rates over the long term. An estimated 77% of children who are read to are more likely to read or attempt to read on their own versus 50% of kids who don't have a regular story time at home. Now, growing up in a literacy-rich environment will one day enable each child to be a voter who understands what is on the ballot. Now, for adults, just remember that your vote really matters. The political environment has been especially hostile, negative, and nasty this season. So vote for the people, the policies, the programs that will create a better environment for our nation, our states, and our communities, as well as for yourself. We want democracy to survive and thrive. So please, please do your part. Be sensible. Read and understand and vote. Now, on that same note, our little town has already joined many cities here in California in uh, banning vape pens and flavored, flavored tobacco. Uh, Choosing to be proactive, this little, uh, you know, rural town where I am, voted to ban the sale of flavored tobacco and electronic smoking devices, known as vape pens, ahead of Proposition 31, which is on the November 8th California ballot. Now, a yes vote on Proposition 31 means in-person stores and vending machines could not sell most flavored tobacco products and flavor enhancers. Um, Our police chief, and also the assistant town attorney, they gathered all the information and compiled a staff report that was presented during a town council meeting this past week. And so many other cities, um, not only in this county, but throughout the state, have already adopted the bans even ahead of the voting. Now, supposedly, the vote no campaign is funded by the big tobacco companies. And um, the vote yes, which is to ban it, is uh, funded by um, a lot of of, um, doctors, nurses, cancer societies, um, uh, school board, teachers, and others. Now, according to results from a 2020 tobacco survey, Um, 32.5% of the high schoolers in our county had used a tobacco product. 92% of students who were current tobacco users reported using a flavored tobacco product. That's really high. And the highest use of flavored tobacco products were among the vape users, 95.8, and the smokeless tobacco, 73.3. 40.6% of the current cigarette smokers report using menthol cigarettes in the previous 30 days. And 77% believed that tobacco companies targeted youth through flavored product advertisements. And these are the kids. These are the high school students um, here in our county which is pretty representative of probably uh, teens you know, everywhere. A New York Times article by Christina Jewett states that this year's National Youth Tobacco Survey showed that 85% of adolescent e-cigarette users favored vapes in fruit, dessert, and candy flavors. Some even mentioned Puff Bar, Fuse, and Juul as their favorite brand among those on the survey's list, but many said their favorite e-cigarette brands were not one of the 13 that were listed on the National Youth Tobacco Survey. And that finding highlights how nimble the industry has been in stamping an array of brand names on vapes with flavors like strawberry ice cream and fresh vanilla that are largely made in China, shipped from warehouses to corner stores, and into e-commerce. On even a more local level, our local high schools had a healthy kids survey and the results found that 36% of the students admitted to using vaping products. And and as you probably, if you've been listening to the show for a couple of years, you might remember that in 2019, Um, In the middle of a blackout, in the middle of the night, um, we were evacuated because of a roaring fire. And um, we were really fortunate that no one was killed, although there was, um, even to my house, it burned right to our fence line. And it turns out that the reason that the fire happened It was a discarded vape pen that was found at the fire's origin, which was on the hill behind us. So flavored tobacco and vape products um, are, are also a gateway for potentially a progression to more dangerous tobacco products, maybe even to drugs, who knows. But the sale of tobacco products to anyone under 21 years of age is prohibited thanks to an existing law, which is called uh, Stop Tobacco Access to Kids Enforcement. Um, it's S-T-A-K-E Act here in California. But I found it rather interesting that we're now having another law just to completely uh, get get rid of, of that. So uh, that's really hard because once you get addicted to tobacco, it's very very difficult to get off. And, um, and those who are doing chewing tobacco, it ends up very often causing cancers of the mouth and the gums. And it is definitely really a, a sad thing. And I, I, have, um, I, I know many people who, who have been affected by that. Um, I also just want to mention one thing uh, as far as uh, something that is on the California ballot. It doesn't have any opposition, so I don't feel, I feel that it's an important one to stress, and it is the arts for our future, because um, as a member of Screen Actors Guild and American Federation of Television and Radio Artists and uh, an acting, speaking coach, I really believe in the arts, and we really are hoping that everyone will vote yes on the California Proposition 28 on November 8 ballot, because if it passes, Proposition 28 is going to funnel a billion dollars annually in new funding to arts and music education in our pre-K through 12 public schools, and it's all without raising taxes, and as I think, as we all know, a well-rounded education, you know, it might start with language and math, science and history, but it's not complete without the arts. And on that score, so many California school children are getting shortchanged. And that's why they needed somebody like me that they had to pay extra for to get acting classes or uh, singing classes or art classes but it should be in the schools. So when state budgets get tight, it's usually arts and music programs. They're always the first to go. And as a result, barely one in five California elementary schools have a full-time art and music program. But children deserve an opportunity to discover and develop their creative talents. Plus, research shows that students in art classes tend to do better in other subjects and are less likely to miss school. So arts education, also correlates to better mental better mental and physical well-being plus your learning skills that you'll use for the rest of your life. So again, if you're in California, it is a really simple yes vote on California proposition 28. There is no opposition to it. So I I I don't think anybody's gonna vote no, but because there's no cost to taxpayers. Um, It's all coming from private funding. So uh, just vote yes on Prop 28. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about some safety in the garden. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We will be right back.
2: More to come.
0: Be the star you
2: are. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. book, Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program, Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, and join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com/forward/slash/voiceamerica.
0: It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show.
1: Well, we are back, and I am glad that you are staying with me. So, Chuck Yeager said, do what you can for as long as you can, and when you can't, do the next best thing. And one of the many lessons that I have learned over my 40 plus years in the entertainment industry is that the show must go on. And except for the COVID-19 pandemic, when everything came to a halt, actors go to work despite any personal circumstances. And I have to tell you, I have put on my acting mask when I've had walking pneumonia, broken bones deaths in the family, I even left my hospital bed to shoot a TV commercial two days after giving birth and my new baby girl went to work with me. So (laughs) I am a person that no matter what's happening, I'm going to let the show must go on. And as a hands-on gardener, I have always pushed through the pain to get everything done on time, whether it was digging trenches, installing French drains, cutting dead limbs, you know, building stairways, hauling gravel, pulling weeds, pushing lawnmowers, or planting 20 flats of ice plant. I mean, I did it with joy and I did it with ease. And, you know, sometimes I was pretty sore. But everyone knows that gardening is terrific exercise. The muscles of our backs, our shoulders, our legs, our arms, thighs, and wrists, they get an intense workout. And because of all the bending, lifting, and twisting, known as BLT, not to confuse it with bacon, lettuce, and tomato sandwiches, but it's called BLT, lower back and neck pain are common after a strenuous gardening chore. When I start aching, my first remedy is to soak in a hot bath with Epsom salts, and that usually works. But somehow last week, I exceeded those limits of my body. I ended up just really, I guess the word would be writhing. You know, I was just squirming on the floor. I was in such painful spasms; it was really beyond anything I have ever experienced. And of course, I had to go see physiologists and and um, and spinal um, specialists, and they admonished me: no B L T. But how is a gardener supposed to eliminate bending, lifting, and twisting? And especially, how about a gardener who's also a farmer and has a barnyard filled with all kinds of animals? It is, um, it's constant, it's constant. So I had to write my newspaper column, which I have been doing since 2008. Uh, digging deep with goddess gardener Cynthia Bryan. And because I was literally bedridden last week, I had to use voice dictation because just like in show business, publishing must go on. Whether I'm available or not, the newspaper has the quota and their pages that have to be filled. So the photos that I included, because I always shoot all my own photos. I had shot several of them before I had this, uh, This, um, what would you say? It wasn't an accident. I mean, I just had an injury. I had shot them before I had the injury. So I included the photos of joyful fall favorites, not of any of my injuries. But because I don't want any of my listeners to experience a similar painful situation I want to give some tips on how to avoid injuries in the garden, and I am healing, and I am following my own advice because, you know, I know that I just, um, I'm not going to be able to do it all. So here are some ways to avoid injuries in the garden, and before I start, I just want to say, to remind everyone, if you are working outside, make sure to get your tetanus shot. They're good for 10 years and the, these will protect you because um, unlike what most people think that you have to step on a rusty nail or cut yourself, you know, on a, a piece of metal, you can get uh, tetanus from the, uh, from, the, from the soil. So uh, make sure to get your tetanus shot. So um, the first thing is to always wear appropriate clothing, including sturdy boots, gloves, and a hat. Also, you should have a support belt that supports your back. They usually are a, um, they usually have like a Velcro, and it just stretches around your back, and it does help uh, no matter what, especially with the lifting. I also have a favorite piece of gardening clothing, and it's just a kitchen apron with pockets, and I'm able to keep um, my handy tools in there as well as my sunglasses, which I have to wear because I have very blue eyes. Apply sunscreen and wear sunglasses during the day. You can prevent tick bites by treating your clothes with permethrin, and I have had excellent success with buying clothing and sprays from insectshield.com. The clothes are not expensive, but maybe one of the best things you could get is just a, a bandana. I wear one of their bandanas. I think they're about six or seven dollars. That is sprayed with it. You can wash it up to seventy times. Um, I wear one on my head and I wear one around my neck because I have had to have um, <laughs> had to have ticks surgically removed from my neck three times, and it is no picnic because for some reason every time I have been. Um, attacked by ticks it's always near an artery so it's not something that i can get out myself also wear protective eye gear when you're operating any mechanical tool like a chainsaw a weed eater a lawnmower a blower or or any other machine and then before jumping into a big task Warm your body up just with a brisk walk. Do some jumping jacks, stretching, dancing, or any gentle movements. And then when you've completed all your gardening tasks for the day, perform simple stretches for about five minutes. Just, you know, it's kind of a cool down. Always carry a bottle of water with you. You want to rehydrate often. It's very easy to get dehydrated while gardening and especially on a hot day. And dehydration puts extra pressure on the cardiovascular system and it can be fatal and very often by the time you are thirsty you all you are already dehydrated so you should stop you know every 15 20 minutes take a sip of your water and that should keep you um, keep you hydrated now use the correct tools for each task prevent injuries when we use incorrect tools that is very often when we hurt ourselves you can protect your knees because people's knees get bad with a cushion or with knee pads an old pillow that is washable works well for me Um, you can move the pillow close to where you'll be working so as not to stretch your torso what I do um, I have an old pillow And I just throw it in the wash after I have been kneeling on it and, you know, let it dry. And then it goes back into the garden and it really works well because it's lightweight. I can easily carry it around. You want to minimize repetitive movements that put stress on one area of your body. So if you could take a short break, as I was saying, like every 15, 20 minutes, you might want to stand, stretch, sit, relax, drink water, breathe. Do something that you were the opposite of what you were doing. So if you were sitting, you should stand. If you were um, kneeling, you know, you should stand and stretch. Or, you know, if you were standing, perhaps go to a bench and sit down under a tree and drink some water for a little bit. And most of all, just take some deep cleansing breaths. Avoid BLT, bending, lifting, twisting as much as possible. And here are the reasons, bending. Instead of bending over to weed, sit on a stool or a bucket. Keep your back straight while you lean forward to pull weeds and don't twist to the side. Always move as close to the area that you want to clean as possible. And then lifting, that's the L. Protect your back by using your legs and your hips. Stand close to the object you are lifting And spread your legs widely for added support. Keep your back straight and bend with your knees, not your waist. Uh, Tense your stomach muscles as you lift. That will use your core strength, and that's what you want to use. You don't want to use back muscles. You want to use your stomach muscles. Don't bend forward as you lift. Use your knees and hips to do the lifting and keep those muscles, stomach muscles, tight. And then the T for twisting, when sweeping, digging, raking, shoveling, and other chores that require using a long-handled object, minimize the strain to your back by keeping your posture aligned with the object. I mean, don't turn to the side and then twist in any direction, as that could really incre- increase the strain on your back, and you could pull a muscle or tear a muscle in your back, your neck, or your shoulder as I did. And if you pivot your feet when necessary and you keep your body parts moving in the same direction, you will avoid twisting. And then always listen to your body. Our bodies are wondrous miracles that usually warn us when we are overusing a muscle or doing too much. I mean, it's natural to be a bit sore after a day of intense gardening, but know your limits and then don't go past them if it's painful symptoms that you're having and they persist or they get worse you could you should and um you should consult your physician and just remember that old adage you know no pain no gain was a myth if there's pain there is no gain because your body's going to pay So, remember, tomorrow is another day. I have to keep reminding myself of that because I am a do it now and do it yesterday person. (laughs) But you don't have to do everything on your to do list in one interval. Gardening is a marathon that we can never outrun, and gardening requires patience. So, spread the tasks out over several days. Gardening is therapeutic but it can also be very dangerous when these precautionary measures are not followed. So be extra careful, for example, when using a ladder. Hire a professional to assist with tasks that you can no longer perform, and ask for help when it's needed. It's hard to ask for for help, but sometimes this is what we really have to do. One of my favorite stories in the book that I co-wrote that was a New York Times bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Gardener Soul, it chronicled a couple in their 70s who loved to garden, but because of a weakened muscular system, they embraced Chuck Yeager's quote that I gave you at the top of this segment. So, The story goes as one morning when the wife spotted her husband lying flat on his stomach under an apple tree, she scurried to help him. But on closer inspection, she saw that he had a trowel in his hand. Exasperated, she yelled, what are you doing? And the husband replied, the next best thing. So I love that. In my mind, I'm still in my 30s. But alas, my body is aged. And I, too, find myself doing the next best thing. This injury that I suffered has taught me to be diligently to heed my own advice. And there is a silver lining to my agony. And because the show must go on, I wrote an article to help my readers And I put together this segment to help you avoid my mistakes. So that is the next best thing. So stay healthy, follow the safety protocols, ask for help, and observe Chuck Yeager's advice. Do what you can for as long as you can, and when you can't, do the next best thing. And I also want to wish you and uh, hope that you have a very safe and happy Halloween. Happy gardening and happy growing. And when we come back, we will waste not and we'll talk about how to uh, make meals that will not put food in the landfills. You are listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay tuned for our business bite. And in the break, visit StarStyleCommunity.com. I'll be back just in a jiffy. Stay with me.
2: Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan.
1: Here a few tips for you to have some success at work and at home. Studies show that optimistic people outperform pessimistic people in every area of business and wealth building. And research shows that over 50% of your self-talk is negative. So you should start talking to yourself rather than listening to yourself and talk positive. Focus on the good and the positive thoughts. Reject the bad and the negative. The young man said to the wise man, I have two dogs fighting inside of me, the negative and the positive. How can I know which will win? And the wise man said, the one you feed will win. Think about that. So don't hang around negative people because they'll impact you more than you will impact them. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. So life is like a bus. You must decide to be the driver of your own bus. Stop letting others control your future. Decide to take control of your life because you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Starstyle. For more information, visit cynthiabryan.com. That's cynthiabryan, Bryan with an I,
0: dot The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over two hundred twenty-five billion dollars. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth.
2: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. In this business of show business.
1: Okay, well, we are back, and I hope you are, are thinking positively. Well, let's talk about waste and uh, the food that we cook and and the food that we waste. Um, when the produce is limp and la- leftovers are lacking, did you know you can just give them new life? I know you know it, but maybe it could be, we could go into it a little bit more. I know when the spinach, you know, and the lettuce gets a little wilted and there's sometimes there's that mystery food that's tucked into the depths of the refrigerator that's in a plastic bag or, you know, I don't know, a a jar or something. Well, we are all too familiar with food that we let go bad. And there is guilt in tossing it out because Americans waste up to 40% of all our food. And this is usually completely edible food. It goes into landfills where it produces methane and it requires enormous amounts of input to produce that food. Um, being a farmer and a farmer's daughter, I mean, when you talk about, you know, what goes into farming, it is a lot. There's the land, the water, the, the fuels, the fertilizers, you know, all of that. Um, and so we really do, as consumers, we play the biggest role. More food is wasted by American homes than by grocery stores, restaurants, or any other step along the supply chain. And there are plenty of ways to fight food waste at home and make an impact one meal at a time. So we need to learn to plan well. Meal planning is an excellent way to avoid food waste. You don't have to outline every recipe for every meal at all. Our daily lives are way too busy and we have too many crazy schedules. And, you know, what we want to eat on any given day, it can change, no doubt about it. But we should take inventory of our refrigerator and pantry and uh, notice what things are going bad and use them up or freeze them for later. And let the items you have inspire the meals that you will make for the week. And when you shop, purchase only what you need. And again, don't go to the grocery store hungry because we all know when we go to the grocery store hungry... That is when um, we end up buying more than we need (laughs) and things that we aren't going to eat. So when you shop, just, you know, make a list and then purchase only what's on that list. And then after shopping, organize your fridge and use up the perishable items like lettuce, tomatoes and berries then move on to the more long-standing produce later, like carrots, potatoes, celery. Those um, root vegetables and things like, um, you know, butternut squash and all that, they tend to last longer. Any kind of, of um, uh, what do I want to say, like a fruit, they don't last as long. Now, if you have Apples, you want to keep them separate from other vegetables because apples actually release a, um, a gas that will help ripen the other vegetables. Now, stocking foods with long uh, storage and shelf lives is an excellent strategy when you are meal planning and shopping. So you can can or, um, or you can freeze or you can put things in jars Now, if you buy canned foods or jarred items like tomato products, soups, low-sodium vegetables, they are convenient go-to pantry ingredients, just like nuts and nut butters, dried fruit, dried pasta, grains, and cereals. So buy frozen fruits and vegetables as much as possible to get the longest life out of the produce with um, less reliance on fresh. Those used by, best by, and sell by dates are all very confusing because they are not regulated and they do not have any consistent meeting. So, you know, you have to resist the temptation to automatically toss foods because they say they're past a package date. Generally, if it looks fine, smells fine, it is fine. And you can go ahead and taste it. That is pretty much a general rule those dates really are only to sell by or when they're going to be at the most nutritious or the most flavorful. Now, the the best thing that you can do is to eat root to stem. Uh, When you just mindlessly toss scraps, peels, and other produce trimmings, that is actually the norm in today's kitchen. But what do you do with like, Those woody asparagus ends, the broccoli stems, the carrot tops, besides toss them. Well, if you would look back a couple of generations, when uh, frugality reigned, and, you know, back to the Depression, and literally up through probably the 50s, um, those throwaways would never have been wasted. It was called nose-to-tail eating, where every part of the animal was utilized, and root-to-stem cooking where the entire plant was eaten, and that was testament to minimizing food waste as a priority and something everybody could do to lower their dietary carbon footprint, and you could do that today. It was the introduction of industrialized foods that distanced us from using the entire animal and plant so that we no longer Know that cauliflower leaves are edible or that sliced broccoli stalks are delicious alongside the florets or shaved into a crunchy salad. All you got to do is squeeze some lemon and Parmesan. And as, as I have said, I have a barnyard. So if there's, I have a bucket outside of my kitchen door and any scraps that I don't put into a soup or I don't saute or I don't, um, I, I don't grind up or put in the queezing to to make something that, a creamed kind of vegetable. any of anything like that goes to the animals. So I absolutely waste nothing and they waste nothing. And then I call it, it's like you know, it's an environmentally correct uh, fertilizing machine because then once the animals eat the food, I compost the animal's waste, mix it into a mulch, it goes back into the garden. And then everything is all recycled again. And I really encourage if you have a garden, or even if you um, if you have just a small patch, to do that kind of composting. Because you, if you are going to um, to you know put your scraps or trimmings, put them in a compost bucket and um, just make some good compost, even if it's for your porch, your balcony, or your windowsill. Now you can plate it too: soups, stews salads, and um, sheet pan meals. These are really simple and delicious ways to create meals out of produce that you have on hand, and it can include those that you may not be able to use up. Um, A lot of people think that a salad should just be lettuce or should be just lettuce tomatoes or lettuce tomatoes and bell peppers. But you can make really good salads with whatever you have on hand. For example, if you have a ton of ripe tomatoes right now, it's the end of the season and maybe you're picking your tomatoes before the frost comes, you could make a tomato and cucumber salad. If you have green beans that need to be used up, Make a green bean salad and the same goes for sheet pan meals. You could chop up whatever vegetables you have on hand and roast them on their own or you could roast them with fish, poultry or any protein of your choice. And if you have leftovers, you can give them a second life by putting a different spin on them. For example... If you have leftover pasta, you could be make a pasta salad, just add a different dressing, or you could make a different kind of casserole by adding a nut, an extra vegetable or perhaps a protein. If you have leftover mashed potatoes, you could make a shepherd's pie, or you could make potato pancakes. If you have cooked lentils left over... They are great in a grain bowl, or you could take a squash and stuff the lentils in a squash, add a little bit of basil, very delicious. You have leftover chili. It makes a really great base for a taco salad or even for a baked potato filling. So it just takes a little strategizing um, to minimize your food waste at home. And not only is it one of the most impactful ways to lower our dietary environmental impact, it's really simple, it saves money, and it really tastes great. And something I know a lot of people, if you have leftover salad that has salad dressing on it, people often toss that because people don't like the soggy salad. Well, a long time ago I started making salad soup and it is really delicious. So it's different every single time because it really depends what dressing you put on your salad. But the bottom line is, is you take with a leftover salad and you just sauté it with um, a, a, maybe a little bit of olive oil and a main vegetable that maybe you want to get rid of. It could be broccoli, it could be mushrooms, it could be anything that you have in your um, in, in your kitchen that you just want to use up. So you saute these and when they're warm, you put them in a blender or you put them in a Cuisinart. You blend them all up and it makes kind of a, um, you know, a textural soup. If you want it to be creamy, you add cream. I always add some um, wine to it. It could be red or white wine or even a little port. And then um, put it in a saucepan, cook it up. And I add a dollop of um, yogurt to it usually. It is delicious. Everybody loves the salad soup. And it's super, super healthy because it's all the vegetables. And you can use absolutely any vegetable you want. So those are just some tips. And here, here are just some ideas for the whole plant. For greens, you can use carrots, beets, turnips, saute them, make a green smoothie. Uh, leaves, broccoli, celery, brussels sprouts, cauliflower. You can make soup, salads, Um Stems, charred kale, collard, uh, or collard greens, bake and saute, and then add the leaves for cooking. Peels, potato, and citrus, bake them for snacks and, or candy them. And rinds like melons, use an outer peel and use it in place of a cucumber. Well, that's our show for today. I hope that you have enjoyed it. Remember to turn your passions into profits. Make sure you listen to Cynthia Bryan here on Star Style, Be The Star You Are every week, just right here live on the Voice America Network. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit bethestaryouare.org. More information about Star Style Productions or me, visit cynthiabryan.com. I always um, aim at least to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. See beyond your physical being and know you already are the star you dreamed of becoming. And I want you to read a book this week. Pick up a copy of No Barnyard Bullies. It's a short read. Kids and adults love it. Go to CynthiaBryan.com forward slash books. Until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. I am Cynthia Bryan for Star Style thanking you and encouraging you to be your unapologetically authentic self. Go out into the world and be the star you are. Thanks for joining me. We'll be together next week.